Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast brought to you by our good friends at Indeed, Bet Online, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined out in Chicago by my brother, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, are you uh are you okay? You said you're you're you haven't eaten dinner yet, so you might be a little hangry. I'm I'm not hangry. What I'm more upset about is, you know. We like to talk a lot about the time zones. I feel like I'm usually making the concessions here um, on Sunday. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> on Sunday nights, you know, you get the extra hour, so you get to eat while the games are wrapping up. The games end earlier here, and I don't get to eat per my normal schedule, so it's fine. <laughs> I just thought I'd bring it up uh, with management. Just one of those things, you know, we've known each other a pretty long time, I'd say, so we're, we're, te- we're bound to get into our, our little tiffs here and there, but I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> Okay, I mean, we should we should talk about this. So, when did you eat lunch? What did you have? I had a salad. Uh, I felt like I had to put some healthy things in my body. That was earlier this afternoon. I mean, I ate throughout the day. Any any Um, any protein on it? Oh yeah, got some grilled chicken. Um, So 
trying, you know, trying to eat healthy when you didn't do it yesterday. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Okay. No, it's good. Uh, we'll we'll continue then. Um, pretty wild Sunday of NFL football. Definitely one from a betting angle, but two just a lot of great games today. So that was that was nice. Sharp sharp week. V two. You know, didn't didn't completely stick to the script. I think fading Kelly on that. Uh, as soon as the Bills game started happening, I was like, oh, that's why she's who she is, and we are who we are. Um, but we have to start here, Tyler. IU football, we're now a top 10 program. We destroyed Michigan. It wasn't even close. Uh, what are what are your thoughts? How are you feeling? It wasn't even – it was crazy. We, we, like, we just crushed them. Yeah, it was a great game. And I think for Michigan, Michigan fans, that's a really bad loss just because, like, now it looks like – I mean, it was only one game. But, like, IU, like, dominated Michigan. You know, we, when we played Penn State, you know, you look at the box score and Penn State kind of owned us. But, you know, turnovers and we got some lucky bounces, like – Penn State fans feel like they should have won that game. Like, we we handled Michigan in this game, so Michigan fans have to be feeling worried if they're now behind us um, in the Big Ten. But this was a great game. I mean, we kind of talked about it on the pick pod. I w- wanted the offense to come out and play better early in the games. The first two weeks, the defense had kind of set them up for easy scores, which is great, but that's not sustainable. And the offense came out. The game plan was awesome. Got some quick throws early to get Michael Penix going. And then the offsides with Michigan were wild. I think we got them to jump five times. I think five times we got them to jump offsides, and there were probably a couple more that could have gone our way. And Penix took advantage of it, throwing a couple touchdowns to Fry Fogle and Marshall, like really nice plays in the end zone. So it was an awesome game. Like – this look, this like felt like a legit, you know, top twenty-five team beating a team that they're better than. So it was awesome. Um, they're top ten for the first time in over sixty years, I think. Um, so it's it's definitely wild. Um, but next week they play Michigan State, and that's looking like it could be a trap game with Ohio major, State major the week game. after. So hopefully they get to refo- they get refocused there. And you look at the box score. I mean, IU ran for 118 yards. Michigan ran for 13 yards. That is an insane stat. 18 attempts, average 0.7 per rush. So this was a great win, and it was it was very stress free for the most part. Yeah, yeah. It was for the first time in my decade of watching IU football. Most years, not very closely. Um, our defense is like is fast and actually tackles, which has never happened before. Um, and Penix does enough offensively. But yeah, very impressive win for the Hoosiers. Favorite thing I saw on Twitter was Mark Titus tweeted this Indiana Michigan game is going exactly as you think it would when a football school plays a basketball school. Um, and uh, I think it sums up everything in terms of the current status of the IU basketball and football program. But Tyler, I'll let you get started here uh, with your Sunday scariest moment. So my Sunday scariest moment kind of talked about it with Kelly on the pick on pod and she mentioned she was taking the Steelers in her survivor pool this week so my Sunday scariest moment anyone who had the Steelers in the survivor pool which is probably like everybody and anyone who had them in a money line parlay or live bet them like I did um, that game came down to the wires a typical Steelers game where they're a big favorite I saw on Twitter they're one in ten against the spread all time under Mike Tomlin as a double digit favorite on the road. They always come into these games kind of flat and it was expected after last week's win versus the Ravens, but didn't expect it to come down to the wire like this. They had a 
outscore Dallas 15-0 in the fourth quarter to get the win. And what did you think about them going for that fourth down, up five? They get the first down, the game's over. But at first I was like, okay, like that made sense. They got stuffed. But then as I thought about it more, I mean, Cowboys' Garrett Gilbert isn't one of these elite quarterbacks you need to keep the ball away from. You kick the field goal, you go up eight, you kick it deep, like you feel like your defense could get the stop. And for them to drive down, get a touchdown at two-point feels more, you know, it's obviously more difficult. So what did you think about that decision? Good question, Tyler. I thought it was ridiculous when it happened because, like, if Dak is their quarterback, it's one thing. I understand wanting to just keep him off the field. But, yeah, just take the pretty good <laughs> i thought like he made some plays um compared to what we saw from ben denucci last uh week on sunday night football it was an admirable performance by him uh but yeah mike tomlin does that stuff sometimes i feel like in game where it's just head scratching big ben limp to the locker room i took them took the steelers when they're down 10 at minus three and a half so i'm happy that ended up hitting but i mean between the missed extra points i was like this is such they're gonna lose outright um so i mean credit to the cowboys they finally covered uh for the first time all season so they're now one and eight against the spread the, uh, the other thing that's pretty wild too is uh i mean they have two wins right so they are still kind of like in the mix in the nfc east um but yeah ultimately they get the job done there my sunday scariest moment i let myself and kelly kelly liked the chargers I was eyeing that game at a pick, and I was like, I think I'm going to do it. Like, it feels like a bit of a letdown spot for the Raiders. Chargers, after a couple of close losses, like at home, I think they'll kind of get the job done. Um, and it's just week after week, it's the absolute same thing. I know I talked about it last week with the blown leads. This week, it wasn't the blown leads, but they're driving late. They're down five. Herbert was unbelievable in this game again. He continues to get crushed and just make plays. And they have the ball inside the five-yard line with they get they have about seven seconds left, I believe. And they drop two fades on the third down play. The fade is the worst play in football. I, I hate when any team does it, period. Uh, they, they do Mike Williams. It's a good pass. He drops it, kind of gets her on the way down. Um, and then they throw a fourth down fade play to uh, – their second string tight end one-on-one he ultimately drops it they call it a touchdown on the field to review it and it's just the same it's the same old song and dance it's nothing new but it's just like i was sitting here i'm like why did i do that like i know how this i just know how this story ends yeah i mean i i bet on the chargers too like an idiot um i don't i don't know why people like why was there so much excitement going into this game i feel like everyone was on the chargers not just kelly i saw a lot of people hyping them up the Raiders and the Chargers, I'd say, are pretty equal, but the Raiders have a better record because they know how to actually close out games, and the Chargers don't. Anthony Lynn just reminds me of Homer um, from The Simpsons when he goes like, "Dope!" Like when something bad happens, like that's just that's just Anthony Lynn's tenure as a coach. It's always like, "Oh shucks!" Like this just one thing went right. You know, they cut the lead to 20-26 in the fourth quarter. Herbert misses a two-point play because he got banged up a little bit. They don't get it. Then they get a stop on the Raiders. They're getting the ball back. Herbert's going to come back in, and they fumble the punt. And then the Raiders get the field goal, and then this happens. Like, it's just so typical. And then, as you said, the fade – Fate is the worst play in football. I feel like it only works with, like, Calvin Johnson. And, and do it to Keenan Allen. You have Keenan Allen. He's a beast. Mike Williams is great. And 
both of the Herbert passes were great passes. It's just like that that play takes so much to actually work. They're they're so they're so low percentage and like you said, they don't get the ball to Keenan at all and they try with their backup tight end and when he like caught they ruled it a touchdown. I didn't think he caught it. No, but it, I knew he didn't. It was funny because the first like four replays CBS showed it all looked like a touchdown, and yeah. then they showed the the correct angle and it, like clearly hit the ground. But yeah. the Chargers are running on the field celebrating, yeah. and I was like, this is gonna get overturned. Yeah. Their Twitter account, their team Twitter account, put out like like victory type thing. Uh, Obviously, that had to get taken down. But this team is so, it's just the same thing every year. It doesn't matter, like you said, who the coach is, if it's Rivers or Herbert, um, and it's a shame because Herbert's been awesome. And they're yeah. two and six. They could realistically be like in the hunt for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They've won so many games, and they play the uh, Falcons on December thirteenth. So that'll be like the Spider-Man meme of them just like looking at each other. It's the same team, so I'm definitely excited for that. Yeah, yeah, it is. It was uh, it was hilarious because as soon as the tight end is celebrating, they called a touchdown on the field. I thought it, the ball hit the ground. I was like, there's no way this happened. I was I was hoping that maybe it was one of those ones where he like kind of has possession of the ball and it hits the ground. But then, it, I mean, clearly bounced. And kudos to that guy for the cell job, like running around celebrating. Like, it was so obvious it hit the ground. And then uh, Anthony Lynn is like kind of like shepherding people like, like hurry up, hurry up, like almost like run off, run off the field, kind of like what Derek Fisher did after he hit the game winner, where he's just sprinting off, like get in the locker room. It's like, come on, man, they review all scoring plays. Like, no, it's, 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 it's over. It. Yeah, it's over. What was a very underrated, uh, funny part of that was John Gruden was holding the challenge flag, like he was about to throw <laughs> it on the field. It's under two minutes, automatic booth review, and also it's a touchdown, so they're gonna review it anyway. So I thought that was uh, pretty funny. Yeah, high comedy in this game. We have to check what both these teams, the Raiders specifically, just continue to go over totals. Uh, they hit another one this week. Uh, very entertaining game in the 4 o'clock slate. Um, let's get into another 4 o'clock slate game. Tyler, your lock of the week, uh, which I, I like the Cardinals as well. We previewed that. It's one of our five this week. Uh, but Tua, there's something... There is a little bit something there. I think early in the first half, he looked a little shaky, but some of his plays, like eluding the pass rush, uh, his his touchdown late, the guy makes that he's he seems like he's going to be something here. Yeah, he was awesome. Their drive in the fourth quarter to tie the game, they went 10 plays, 93 yards, and he just like carried them down the field. He had a couple scrambles on third down to get in, just dropping time. So he seems legit. There were a lot of like rumors and like, I heard on Coward show they were talking about it, on Bill Simmons with Mina Kimes they were talking about it. Like reports that the Dolphins were going to try to trade him after this year to like get another quarterback. There were, it didn't make any sense after one start, um, but I think he proved today that he's legit. And this Dolphins team, I mean, they're good. They're 5-3, and three, and I think, yeah, right now they're the seventh seed in the AFC. So, I mean, they have a legit chance to make the playoffs and make a run here. Um, but as far as my lock of the week goes, this game was so frustrating because Arizona started out. They got to stop. They get the ball. They're driving. Nice drive. Third down, they run such a weird play with Kyler, scrambling uh, to his, I guess, his left or whatever side is uh, his blind side. He fumbles. The Dolphins pick it up, run it back for a touchdown. I was like, okay, this is how the game's going to go. And then it kind of went back and forth. But before the half, Cliff Kingsbury's time management was horrible. They get a stop with – 
They stop Miami. There's two and a half minutes left. They have two timeouts. They don't call a timeout for some reason. They let 30 seconds run off the clock. Then they punt. And on and then on third down, they, uh, they start their drive. They start, like, running. So it seems like they're just, like, content with going into half uh, with the score, uh, what it was, which didn't really make sense because their offense was having a lot of success. It was 21-17 at that point. And then on third down, they do a short pass to Andy Isabella, who has no idea where the third down where the first down marker is. He's short. And Cliff Kingsbury, there's 50 seconds left. It doesn't appear like the Dolphins are going to call a timeout, like they're content with going to half. Cliff Kingsbury calls a timeout because he thought they had a first down. Turns out, no, it was fourth down. So he gifts the Dolphins time there. They punt. And then the Dolphins come down. And it just didn't seem like Arizona knew that um, to keep the guys inbounds on Miami. They end up getting a field goal. Make it 24-17 at halftime. That's a difference in the game. Horrible coaching. Cliff Kingsbury is a good offensive play caller, but he still doesn't have that. He's not a rounded-out head coach. He came in to get this offense with Kyler, but just awful game management. If I was a Cardinals fan, I would be sick over this loss. I was sick having them. Um, so it, it was just frustrating because it, it came down to just awful coaching, I thought. Yeah, I mean, remember from the Sunday night game a couple of weeks ago versus Seattle, he had some questionable time management decisions, giving the Seahawks a chance to get the ball back instead of running it down. Didn't obviously butt him in the butt there, but it it does seem like he's, like you said, a little bit newer, uh, a little rough around the edges when it comes to clock management, things like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, 0 for 2 on fading uh, – fading to us so far so early Nick Foles kind of vibes out of him in his NFL career but this Miami team it's they're they're starting to have some uh some Tennessee Titans vibes as well they get another defensive touchdown in this game um and it just does seem that like under Brian Flores it's it's a well-coached bunch they're down some of their best uh running backs Jordan Howard's back in the mix playing um and and they do enough to get the job done so I don't know I I really was pretty I I wasn't going to make it my lock of the week too but I did really like the Cardinals in this spot like the argument was there. It all made sense. You got they got the fluky play, and then you kind of combine that with some of the questionable decision making. That's what happens. Yeah, this was an awesome game. Like the you know two of the top, obviously Kyler was number one, and everyone thought too was going to be number one, and then Joe Burrow emerged, and he had the injury concerns. But this game was awesome. Like back and forth, and like both these guys look like stud. Kyler played awesome. 283, three touchdowns, over 100 rushing yards and touchdown. A lot, like we talked about Tua making a lot of plays with his legs. Kyler just was unreal. Mm. And on the fourth and one, the game is tied, 31-31. They run it up the middle with Chase Edmonds with like – you have like a crappy offensive line. You could tell Miami is like gauging for that. And they run it up the middle with Chase Edmonds. Do some bootleg with Kyler. Just you have all these do the, do the play. They, they did it once. It was like fourth and one or fourth and two where it was at a shotgun. And it was basically a run option. Um, and it worked because Kyler is lightning quick. And if they collapse on him, we'll pitch it out. And Edmonds is good. He's he's good in the open. He's not like a uh, between, between the tackles runner. Uh, so I agree. I feel like Arizona didn't play to their strengths as much of this. Uh, they maybe could have in this one, but an incredibly entertaining game. So now you are six and three in your locks of the week. Uh, I got back in the win column for mine with the Panthers plus ten and a half. 
Teddy Road Dog uh, covers came through again. And this also was a uh, a very entertaining game. I was golfing during the morning and and watching on my phone on the ride back as Tyler shakes his head. Um, <clears throat> so Teddy, the the fourth and fourteen play was incredible. It was a nine point game at that at that time. It felt like things were starting to slip away a little bit. Uh, the Panthers got up early, and I was like. Oh, this is amazing. But Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes went off again. It's just another another day at the office for him, just pulling up his stats. I mean, three, 372, four touchdowns. The guy's insane. But the Panthers did enough. I mean, Teddy made that big play. They were able to move the ball against this Chiefs defense. And just looking at time of possession, that was what I was hoping they would do. And they didn't run for a ton of yards. They only ran for 104 yards. But they were able kind of through to play to Bridgewater's strengths of the short passing game. And they had the ball in this one for 38 of the 60 total minutes. So credit credit to the Panthers in terms of covering. I, But also, the way this game, they were down nine, and they score a touchdown. I don't know if you can hear that drilling going on above me. Uh, very fun. Um, they, they get the ball back late, and they actually have a legitimate chance to win and just had no urgency at all. They kept... D- d- dinking and dunking short passes. They finally threw one down the field, uh, but I felt like we didn't get enough uh, solid uh, clock management out of them there because uh, I selfishly I put a tiny bit on the money line because as Simon uh, said, it's good to kind of if you're gonna if you like an underdog with the spread, you might as well put a little money line as well um, to make the win really count. And it was close, almost happened, but I'm very happy I got back in the win column. And this was another. Another just really entertaining loss by this Panthers team, which kind of seems like their specialty. Yeah, I think I saw they they've lost five games this year under a touchdown, so they're they're close, but not not finishing these games. But yeah, it started off great for you. They had the 15 play drive to start the game, shoot up almost nine minutes of clock. Um, so that's always great, especially when you have an underdog and when you're playing Mahomes, it's like kind of the recipe to win. So it's a good start, but like you said, it kind of felt like it was slipping away for you from you. Um, they were down nine on that fourth down run is fourth and 15. And they were, I think around midfield, if the chiefs stopped them there, I mean, there was, it looked like the chiefs were just going to go right down and score. They were awesome. And I'll be honest, I was kind of rooting for that just cause I wanted you to lose, but it was a great uh, game and it was, it was a great, had, had a you great, eaten lunch at that point? I, I had, okay. um, you know, you were out golfing. I'm, I'm in here uh, taking notes and I'm running gol- numbers. Golfing, cash and winners. Yeah, um, but it was, it was an unreal play by Bridgewater. Great effort. And I think Matt Rule, I, I, I really like him, and they're obviously building something there. But I think he's just, like, trying to set the record for the, the longest NFL uh, field goal. Yeah. He versus the Saints, they tried, I think, a 65-yarder, which just missed by a yard. And then today... In Kansas City, they said they were going with the win, which is fine, but it's still outdoor stadium. Tried a 67-yarder with Joey Sly. Actually, looked would, like he had I the was leg for that. it. Yeah, I, I was for that. I think he had a better chance with that than a Hail Mary. <laughs> but it's just like it's just crazy that he, he tried that. So I think he's just like personally trying to hit that. And like you said, Mahomes was awesome, and they run some of these plays on the touchdowns that are just so unique that – Eric Bieniemy, great offensive coordinator. I think Cole Dufflin get a head coaching job after this year and wish him success. But like, I was wondering, I was like, are these plays just going to work because they're really well designed or is it because you have Mahomes? I think it's because you have Mahomes and all these guys. But he was awesome. Um, so another win for the Chiefs. Looking at the AFC, we kind of talked about 
uh, the Steelers already. Like, where do you where do you lie with Steelers Chiefs? I still think the Chiefs are clearly the best team. The Steelers, like, they're just they're just like a weird team. I, I like I don't b- fully believe in them yet. Yeah, I'm not buying the offense. I think that's the biggest thing. And with a lack of real home field advantage anywhere, I just think the Chiefs will get enough from their defense, like what we saw last year. And the offense is is just absurd. Um, so I'm still still taking them, but I mean. What the Steelers are doing is nice, but I'm not. I'm definitely not buying it. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I, I still like the Chiefs as the best team in the AFC, and then I think it's kind of everyone else. But let's talk about the Ravens Colts game, uh, AFC matchup we talked about. Ravens won 24 to 10. A lot of the public was on the Ravens today, but the Sharps were coming in on the Colts. Um, but you know the public was right here. The squares were right. We were both on the Ravens, and this was a big win for them. I think they needed to bounce back after last week's game. Um, and for the Colts, Philip Rivers, he's just so bad at this point. I, I think you should go to Jacoby Brissett because this defense is really good, and they have kind of they have a good team to make a little noise in the AFC. I think you should go to Brissett. I don't think Rivers has it anymore. He's twenty five of forty three, two twenty seven, no touchdowns, a pick. So. I'm not a believer in him. I think he's washed up, and he had an all-time Philip Rivers moment. Jonathan Taylor fumbled um, early in the game when they kind of had the momentum, and the Ravens pick it up, return for a touchdown. Philip Rivers is backpedaling and falls down. <laughs> no one touches him, and guy in the Ravens hurdles over him. So that was a great moment, but good win for the Ravens. I'm still, you know, Lamar played well in the second half. He's 10 of 10, um, scored a rushing touchdown. This was his first win as a starter coming back from a halftime deficit. Um, I'm still a little concerned about them because I don't think Wait, they're... seriously? Yeah. He's, wow. uh, and he's 25-5 and five as a starter, and all his losses are um, when they're trailing at halftime. So that, that's a nice little mini victory for him there. I'm still a little concerned because I think they have a lot of trouble getting the offense going if it's relying on the passing game, and their defense helps set them up with a couple turnovers. But uh, good win for them. Um, what, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, they, they ended up going, what, 17 unanswered in the second half. So this was a game I th- I do think they had to have in the sense that it, it, it just they just have had a couple of games this year against good teams, and you, they, they just leave something to be desired. We saw it with the Chiefs. We saw it with the Steelers. Colts are not in that class, but they're in the mix in terms of a, a wild card team, a solid team, as, as you mentioned, just like overall. But I think... Ultimately, for Lamar and and this team, they had to get the job done. They did. It wasn't probably as pretty as they probably wanted it to be. But ultimately, I mean, they had Marlon Humphrey, their, one of their best defenders, was out. They had like a weird COVID situation going on all week. So I think that plus the first full game without Ronnie Stanley, I think it was a big win for this team. I'm curious to continue to see kind of what if the offense gets better at all, because I do kind of still think that they should be the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. Will they ultimately be that? I don't know, but the defense is really solid. They have the recipe, right, to be able to run uh, and keep Mahomes on the sideline, but it's just a matter of not having to come from behind, as we've seen as the real Achilles heel. Yeah, I just I don't I don't trust Lamar. I, I hear what you're saying, but when they when they have to come from behind and pass, I just don't it's not even fully on Lamar. Like, I don't think the receivers are that good. Hollywood mm-hmm. Brown is he's okay, but I don't think he's a number one guy who could get you a big catch at the end of a game. I just I just don't really trust that offense at this point. 
Um, let's move on to another game you briefly mentioned earlier that we were on the wrong side of. Kelly was right. Um, Seahawks Bills, like you said, the second it started, I was like, we're we're in a dogfight here. Um, Bills won 44-34. A huge game for Josh Allen, 415 yards, three touchdowns, also had a rushing touchdown. He was awesome, and the Seahawks kind of reverted back to the defense we saw all year. So. If anything, this was a really bad indication of the 49ers, the fact that he struggled um, against the Seattle mm-hmm. team last week. But mm-hmm. they, they got they got dominated, um, and Russell Wilson had four turnovers, and it feels like this was a really tough loss to his MVP candidacy. Um, I was looking this week, and I saw Brady somewhere was 8-1, to one, and I almost pulled the trigger, and I didn't. And I'm, I'm upset with myself because I think if he plays well tonight, he might, might take the lead. I don't know. Um, but – tough loss for seattle um what what did you think of this game yeah yeah i mean it ultimately came down to the fact the bills punched the seahawks in the mouth early um and seattle had four turnovers and on the road you just can't do that and expect to win games they didn't get the run game going at all it's kind of bizarre the stat line in this game is is crazy these teams combined for over 700 yards of passing and less than let me do quick math here, 91 yards overall on both teams. So just no rushing at all. Very fun game to watch and to uh, to track along. A lot of red zone action. But, uh, I mean, it's always nice to see if we're going to be wrong on someone. It is nice that it's Seattle. But I agree. If Brady plays well tonight, I think it's – I don't think he's, like, the full-on favorite. But, you know, the Bucks are going to continue to be – we, we know this. We talked about it on the future show, and I think we had Mike Randall on. We talked about it last year. The NFL MVP comes from a quarterback, typically, on one of the top two seeds in either conference. Bucks are in line to be that. We know Seattle is as well at this point, so we'll see what happens. I mean, Wilson still put up good numbers, so I don't think this loss dings his hopes that much. Uh, but if he lays another egg or two, it's definitely... Definitely on the cards. He's done this before. I mean, did this last year. Yeah, I mean, he's putting on numbers, but he had four turnovers. He had three turnovers two weeks ago against Arizona. He's, he's thrown a lot of picks, so it's not helping. And the, the guy who gets – the guy who's getting not being talked about for MVP is Mahomes. I mean, he played great again today, as we talked about, four touchdowns, no picks. He only has one on the season. He, he's flying under the radar I, somehow, I guess, obviously, post-Super Bowl. but Just the expectation. He, <laughs> expectation. Taysom Hill, I saw just through a pass on Sunday night. So, I mean, if he if he keeps getting touches, I think he could uh, be in the running. Taysom Hill, yeah. It's, you know, maybe we'll get Jameis. We'll see. Would you rather have Daniel Jones or Jameis? Uh, definitely Jameis. Um, yeah. Good win. Good, good win for uh, the Giants. I mean, Alex Smith threw three picks. He did come in and play decent, but yeah. threw, some, threw some awful picks there, um, which was... Dwayne Haskins must be so bad. Love Alex Smith. That's our guy. But, like, what what's happening? He wasn't He wasn't even active. I, I'm, yeah, I, bizarre. I think they must think he's so bad or he actually might be this bad because they don't want to play him and they're just planning on trading him, so they're trying to preserve some sort of trade value by, like, masking oh. him, you know what I mean? Good theory. Did you read that somewhere? You think of that after you ate some salad? I came up with that on my own. Um, mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that's what's happening there because it really doesn't make sense that he's not playing. Um, but let's take a break and we'll be back later to give out our Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week and recap this Sunday night game. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. 
BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid only through September 30th. All right, and we are back. It is 9.50 Central Time. I'm regretting saying Brady could be the leader in the clubhouse for MVP if he plays well tonight. Sunday Night Football, one of just the like strangest games from the standpoint of what we thought it was going to be. Saints, game's not over yet, but they're going to win 38 to nothing. Just absolutely dominated the Bucks. Really bizarre game. Uh, Bucks looked awful, and I think everyone thought they were going to come out and kind of whoop on the Saints after what happened week one. Um, I'm feeling a little delusional from watching that game. Cody, you're sitting in your apartment shirtless right now. Um, are, you, are you doing okay? I'm doing okay. Yeah, I wanted – before we get to the game, did you eat something for dinner? I did. had some nice uh, pulled pork that I handmade and then had a nice little salad on the side. So it was a lovely dinner. Okay, good, good. Uh, yes, I'm doing okay. This game was bizarre. I mean, it's 38 nothing. It could have been even worse. Jared Cook has that fumble inside the five, uh, hopped on Tampa Live, then sprinkled a little on them at 15 to one when they were down uh, 28 nothing. And they have the big defensive play. They forced the fumble on Breeze to start the half. They have uh, first and goal from the one, I believe, and they get stopped on four plays. They run. Two fade routes of the four. They run a play action at Gronk. That was a pretty good pass. It just didn't connect. Got stuffed on one run play. Just like the play calling and the energy is just bizarre. But, I mean, you got to give the Saints credit. The whole world thought the Bucks were going to win this game. That was the issue. We were in agreement. Kelly liked the Bucks. All the talking heads on NBC in the pregame, they all picked the Bucks. That's genuine. Genu- gen- can't talk. Generally, when you know you're in a bad spot. Um, so give, I mean, breeze has lit them up and the, the Saints defense is getting after Brady. So I don't know, like <laughs> who's going to win the NFC. That's yeah. like the real, this is what's the most frustrating thing is. And I mean, whatever, I'm going to tie it back to the 49ers, but the NFC is terrible. And if you're a Packers fan, you have to be so mad that they didn't just uh, sack up and trade for Will Fuller or draft anyone it just makes no sense. This thing is yeah. wide open. Yeah. Packers not going after a second receiver, something I hear about every day in my apartment. Um, but 
NFC is wide open, and it is frustrating that the 49ers have all these injuries and just issues this year because if they had the team they had last year, I think they would be the clear favorite. You know, going into tonight, everyone was crowning the Bucks again. Antonio Brown, think it's going to be fireworks. We did too, and yeah. they just laid an absolute egg, and the Saints punched them in the mouth and, like, just really just put it on them. And like you said, Jared Cook fumbles. The uh, fumble Breeze had, like, other than that, the Bucks never did anything. Brady looked so bad. He had three picks. He was sacked twice. And his, like, interceptions, one of them, bad. it looked like A.B. ran the wrong route, but still the pass was terrible. It just, like, I don't know what happened to him tonight. He, he looked like an old man. I think this, I think the Bucks are cursed. The curse of Jameis. 0-2 versus Saints this year. I don't think they're going to win a game against Jameis moving forward. Seems like they're cursed. But for the Saints, we've been, like, pretty critical of them this year. I feel like they haven't, like, looked amazing. But tonight, they just dominate. So they're going to have the 2-0 edge over the Bucks, which is huge, obviously, moving forward for the division, possibly the number one seed. I think the Packers will have the one after tonight and then the Saints. I, I don't know what the tiebreakers will be. But the Saints are right there. And, you know, they get Michael Thomas back. They get Sanders back. Like, starting to come together for them at at, the, uh, at a good time. So, maybe we're too critical of the Saints. And if their defense plays like this, they could yeah. they could uh, win it. But, yeah, I agree with you. The NFC is it's wide open right now, which is it's fun. But also, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you look at, like, the wild card, and you have Arizona right now, um, the Bucks after tonight, and the, and the Rams. Like, I don't know. I feel like one of these teams that are – further down in the standings could like make a run and potentially get in um, like Minnesota. I, I don't think Minnesota's out of it, honestly, the way they've looked and they play the bears on Monday night next week. Kirk, they win that game. Kirk, they, you're buying them. You're buying, I'm not buying Kirk. It's cheap. It is cheap. Dalvin cooks look awesome. But like, I just think, I, I think one of these wildcard teams could fall off. Just, I don't know. The NFC is just, it's going to make the playoffs. I hope, I hope not. I was thinking today, if they get if they get into the top ten of the draft, could they could that entice the Texans to trade uh, the 49ers to Sean Watson? Uh, not gonna happen. But just the things I'm thinking about. But let's move on to our Grandpa Billy's bum of the week. Wrap up the week nine oh, my, podcast. My one my last note on this game. So AB's living with Tom Brady. He's moving out after this game, right? Like he has to. Yeah, I, ma- I imagine Brady gets home and he's like mad, and AB's like, "Hey man, you want to play Madden?" And Brady's like, "You gotta go." Do you think they carpool to the games? I don't know, but like, it's so weird. He, yeah, they, they definitely do, right? They're probably gonna be like in the backyard, just running routes um, all night. But just like Brady, Brady just looked like so out of it. It was weird. The picky through. His third picky through, just like I have no idea what he was doing. It looked like someone just like dropped the controller in Madden, and it was just like stuck, and he couldn't control his body. Like I don't know what was going on with him tonight. You thought he would come out super sharp, but maybe the Saints team um, has his number. But who's your uh, Grandpa Billy's bum, Louis Cota? So I went back and forth on this. Uh, I think for everyone, probably a lot of our listeners uh, bet on the Bucks tonight, and I think all of the gambling Twitter. It's probably a little bit too easy, so I'll go a different route. I'm going with the NFL, Tyler, because the 49ers on Thursday night, they were already a fully decimated roster. Kendrick Borden tested positive, I believe Tuesday or Wednesday for COVID. He was in close proximity to Brandon Ayuk and Trent Williams. Basically, 
like three of their best offensive players that were left and healthy. So they all missed the game. And the reason I'm doing this, I understand the NFL has to uh, take precautions, all these things. But there has to be like some type of consistency in terms of how we move these games and when. Like the Titans got things moved, bye week shifted around. And I realize the 49ers probably were never going to beat this Packers team, especially given recent results and the Packers kind of wanting to uh, to get a little bit of redemption there. But it just like make I I don't know. Like why not just move that to Sunday? I realize there's the prime time thing and all all these different factors at play, but how come the Titans got this treatment but the 49ers won't? I don't know. I mean, I guess since the Titans happened earlier in the year and the bye weeks were intact at that point and they can move it around. That was, and I think at this point the NFL doesn't want to have to do that again and they're just gonna kind of push teams through, so who knows? It's a tricky situation. It sucked for the 49ers, but like you said, I don't think it would have mattered. Um, I think the Packers want revenge, and the 49ers just it's, – it's a sad state of affairs right now. People who are like, oh, there's Nick Mullins buzz over Garoppolo. Nick Mullins stinks. Has anyone watched it? Like a couple of years ago when he was like, oh, this guy's kind of feisty. This is fun. He stinks. Like he put up stats that year, but defense was so bad that they were just like – they were garbage time, and he, he yeah. still turned the ball over a lot. He, he stinks. Um, Richie James was their leading receiver, who I've always liked, but that's yeah. not the spot good, you want to be. Good punter returner. Yeah, not the spot you want to be in. So sad state of the affairs. I don't, I don't know what the NFL is going to do with all that. It felt like coming into this week, into you know these games today, there were a lot of COVID, and then it kind of just went away. So I don't know what happened there. Um, but... Knock on wood, hopefully there are no issues moving forward. And Kendrick Bourne seems like he, he didn't actually have it, and he's fine, and the other guys are fine. So that's all you could hope for. Um, my grandpa Billy's bum of the week. Going to a game we talked about, we previewed this week, we didn't recap earlier. Uh, Matt Nagy, he's my grandpa Billy's bum of the week. The Bears lost today, 24-17. The final box score, I think, is so misleading on how this game went. It makes it look like the Bears were close. Nick Foles threw for 335 yards, two touchdowns. He was terrible. I had to turn this game off. I had it on the TV and was watching other games on my computer. But midway through the second quarter, I'm like, I just can't watch this Bears team anymore. They're so bad. And we talked about it leading up to um, the pick pod, how bad Tennessee's defense had been, the last in the red zone, uh, last in third down defense. The Bears were 2 of 15 today on third down. They had two turnovers. The Titans had a defensive touchdown. And for the Bears, I mean, they showed a graphic that the offense was a lot better under Trubisky. And I agree at this point, they probably should go back to him. But he got hurt last week on a wild card, a wildcat play that ended up being pretty meaningless. The only snap he played in that game. So Matt Nagy's my bum of the week. He stinks. Um, the Bears are falling apart like we probably thought they would. They're 5-4, and four, looking on the outside of the playoffs. As I said, they play Minnesota next week. I think Minnesota's going to win that game. But Matt Nagy's my bum of the week because... You know, he likes to put a little bit of the blame on Trubisky, and I, I don't think Trubisky's very good, but he got his guy with Foles, and it, it's just not getting any better. No, no. It's, uh, it's a sinking ship there. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at the bottom of this NFC playoff picture. It is not great. I mean, Cardinals, Rams, sure. Then we got the Bears, the 49ers, uh, the Vikings, Lions, Falcons. I mean, the Falcons are kind of hot now. 
Raheem Morris Falcons redemption story. This is where the Falcons win their games in the middle of the season that don't mean anything and just like screw themselves out of getting a better <laughs> yeah, pick. Where but... they, they, how they get to seven wins. Yeah, I want to go back to the Bears game quickly. They're down 10 nothing in, I think it was the second quarter or, or second half, early second half. They're down 10 nothing. They have fourth and one on Tennessee's 31. This was such a terrible sequence. They line up that they're going to go for it. Fourth and one, they get a false start. Fourth and six. They're on Tennessee's 35. For some reason, they don't bring out the kicking unit when you can kick a field goal. Yeah, it's 52 yards, but uh, Cairo Santos made a 51-yard kick in Chicago last weekend with really bad wins. They don't decide to kick. They decide to go for it, get another false start, fourth and 10, and they end up punting the ball. And then later in the game, they're down 17 nothing in the red zone uh, and kicked a field goal to cut it to 17-3. So that's the kind of decision-making that's going on with the Bears. I found myself getting into an argument with some Bears fan on Twitter uh, earlier why they didn't <laughs> kick that field goal. And it's just, it's it's a sad save of affairs. I mean, I think that team is falling apart. Um, Allen Robinson, whose uh, contract extension has been Good talked fantasy about. fantasy player. Yeah, it's been talked about a lot. He hasn't signed it yet. I just don't think he wants to go back. I mean, I think that's going to be a rebuilding team next year. I think Nagy will be gone. The GM will be gone. So sad save of affairs when I'm getting into an argument, defending or trying to help Bears fans uh, with their team. Tyler, I have an important announcement. Are you in front of a TV right now? No. Jameis is in. Oh, wow. I'm, tell- I'm telling you, if you ask the Bucks, could they get Jameis for the rest of the season? I think they would say yes. I mean, but- they're up They're up 38-3 to three right now. It's third down. They have to have to let him rip. We haven't seen Jameis with his new eyes yet. I know. I think my, my ultimate goal... I don't want any no serious injuries, and assuming the 49ers aren't in playoff contention, the Saints to get into the playoffs, and maybe Drew Brees has some minor injury that knocks him out of the playoffs, and Jameis comes in and leads the Saints to the Super Bowl. It would be amazing. In Tampa Bay, too, because they're hosting the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, the way the Saints' defense looks, like maybe we have been too critical of them, because they've, I mean, they just keep winning all play action. Nice, Jameis. First down. Okay, he looks great. Uh, I think I think that's all I got, Tyler. You have anything else for us? That's it. So we'll be back uh, for the Week 10 Pick'em Pod this week.